0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Welcome
1: to the MMA Fam podcast. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Blake Harrison. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you doing? You right? Yeah, good. I like this, Yeah, the, I'm alright. enjoyed it. Yeah? Yeah. Well, listen, what we're going to do, I'm feeling generous today. I don't know how generous you're feeling, but I think we should treat the listeners to two episodes this week. What? Yeah. Shut the front door. Two episodes? Yeah, well... I think what we should do on this one is do a little round-up because the Andrage fight at the weekend was amazing, but I think the implications and where that could end up taking that strawweight division deserves its own episode. So I think let's talk about that and let's put another one out at the end of the week. But right now, I think we should just have a little round-up and we're going to talk a little bit of boxing, which is which is kind of not really what we do, but I think some of the boxing will then kind of affect the MMA community as well because of where it could go. You know what we're talking about. And I guess, should we start with that first?
1: Yeah, so you're saying we're going to do like a a news roundup of... Because it's been a busy weekend of combat... Busy kind of two weeks or whatever of combat sports, isn't it? We've had Bilal Muhammad, We've had Bellator. have had loads of cards and stuff going on. So we're going to have a roundup of what's going on in this episode and then look out for... Very soon, if not already, there'll be a straw special strawweight episode because there's a lot mm. to talk about in that division as well. Carla Esparza is fighting Rose Munoz for the for the belt in what like like a week and a half, something yeah. like that. Uh, and as you said, Andrade throwing herself back in there. They've just June announced, the 12th. yeah, and they've just announced uh, Joanna Zhang two uh, as June part the of the two seven five card. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> Lots going on. so But we'll save that. That'll be another episode. Yeah. But I, I guarantee, I've been watching a lot of um, strawweight fights in preparation for that uh, episode. And Jesus, it's such a good division. So, yeah, but we'll get on to that. Let's, let's look out for that episode. But for now, let's, let's start with, as I, and I'm not always a big boxing fan, but let's start mm. with the big boxing event of the weekend, Fury White. You're more of a boxing guy than me. What did you make of the whole thing and how it all went down and the aftermath, all that kind of stuff?
2: Um, well, to be honest, like um, I don't follow boxing as much as I used to. Like, mm-hmm. just I'm, I'm certainly not an expert, and I didn't watch. I didn't watch any of the undercard. Um, I wasn't. I didn't have the time to do that on, on Saturday night. But I was interested in obviously watching the heavyweight championship of the world and and seeing that Dillian you know two Brits Dillian White's getting a, an opportunity to fight Tyson Fury I, I think I was much like a lot of people and really just gave um, White a, a heavyweight puncher's chance because yeah. Fury is a, a, a ridiculously great boxer you know for somebody as big as him to move like a literally like a middleweight is, is ridiculous and and I, you know he, he he was just at a different level, and 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 Dillian White gave it his all, and absolute credit to him. Um, but that uppercut was a, a gem of a shot; it, it, it really was, and there was no coming back from that. Um, I enjoyed the fight. I, I I thought it was it was a a, a decent enough scrap. It, it was no Fury Wilder, you know. They're they're, they're different level fights. They are, but um, I don't know where it. It leaves the division now, obviously. I mean, let's pick up on that in a sec. What did you make of it?
1: It felt a bit scrappy. Like yeah. there was a lot of like complaining about heads and punch into the back. There was one point where they were up against the ropes and I think Tyson Fury punched Dillian White in the back of the head. So Dillian White just went, oh, fuck you, I'll punch you in the back of the head. And it happened <laughs> back and forth a couple of times. Oh, well, that was quite amusing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it felt a bit like just, fine, like nothing huge going yeah. on. And then that uppercut came out of absolutely nowhere. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, I don't think anyone's got a problem with that stoppage. He, Like when the ref says, walk to me, and he's stumbling off to his left. And I know. Um, but I agree. I, I didn't really give Dillian White much of a chance. Not not being a, a, a anywhere near as into boxing as I am MMA. I was just kind of listening to what a few other people were saying and whatever, um, the one thing I noticed, and this, this just shows my kind of, like, idiocy with boxing or whatever. All, all I, And I was, I was watching it with my brother, who's more into boxing than me. And I just couldn't help but comment on how long Dillian White's forearms looked. I don't know if it was the gloves or just his stance or what it was. But, like, it's like his forearms were as long as, like, the rest of his arms. And it, when he was out there, well, he, he had
2: looked, an arm and then another arm that was his forearm. No,
1: but like you know those little little um, you know those little things where you you push the bottom of them and the little arms pop out and stuff yeah. like that. He, said, he looked like that. <laughs> like, look like that. because it's, if you go back and watch some of that fight particularly when he comes out as like a southpaw at the start of the first round and he's just kind of like tapping away with his uh, with his lead hand his forearms look so long they look the- disproportionately long for the rest of very his body very insightful
2: fight analytics from Harrison there and
1: that's the kind of stuff that I'm into that's, when it comes to boxing which I'm not overly bothered about that's the kind of yeah. stuff that fascinates me it's like why has he got such long forearms is that going to play a part in the fight no, it didn't. It just got uppercutted into the shadow realm. But um, yeah, no, I, I I thought it was fine. I, I wasn't overly bothered or into it. But yeah. as you say, Fury's saying he's going to retire in one breath, but then also talking about the opportunity for exhibition fights a la Floyd Mayweather um, in another breath. And the one guy that was there in the ring with him, they seem to be setting this fight up and making it something mm. that they, they want to do was the UFC heavyweight champion of the world, Francis Ngannou. What did you make of that?
2: Interesting. I mean, just to talk about that division, obviously, um, you've got Usek, who I would imagine um, has probably got his hands full. I mean, he's obviously been in in the middle of combat in the Ukraine, um, but he holds most of the belts and... I imagine he'll be contracted for a rematch with AJ. I think he is, Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't see AJ um, winning that back. But Usek Fury, yep, be up for that. But AJ Fury, I think, is the fight that fight fans would like to see as as an all-British heavyweight scrap. I mean, personally, I'm not that interested in watching it because it's just going to be... I think a very humiliating experience for Anthony Joshua. I think I think Tyson Fury gets on his toes, moves around. Uh his movement, his 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 heads you know, his head movement, his hand speed's so rapid and as as we've seen with AJ, his head movement isn't that great. His footwork is quite planted, you know, he he's not very light on his toes and I think it could be a a long drawn out, probably quite boring boxing match that would see... And that's just my opinion. I know, and and obviously, Anthony Joshua was a great champion and hits very, very hard. So, you know, but we've seen what happens when Tyson Fury gets hit really hard, you know. He gets killed in the ring and then nine seconds later stands up and it's like, it's unbelievable. And, yeah, um, but Francis Ngannou, well, I'm imagining just looking at what they do with some of the other fights in these kind of hybrids. Um, there's been another two, which we'll get on to announce this week. I don't know if it will be eight rounds. Will it be MMA gloves? Will it be, uh, 10 ounce boxing gloves? What, what, what will it be? That, that interests me. Um, I think, you know, it's obviously going to be boxing. There's not going to be a hybrid of, you know, as we've seen with, Demetrius Johnson's recent fights, you know, one round Muay Thai, one round BJJ. Um, and I think if it's a straight up boxing match, I just think the boxer wins. Like I, I, I think, you know, yes, Francis has got incredible power. Conor McGregor had knockout power. Um, but when you're fighting the very best and you've got people like Dillian White that, and, and Deontay Wilder that can't, you know, and they're the best in the world at that sport, and they can't finish Tyson Fury. I don't really see how somebody from the world of MMA is going to come over and do it. I just, I just don't, I don't see it happening. What, what are your thoughts, mate?
1: I have literally zero interest in Ganu fighting Tyson Fury. Like, yeah. I, I, I couldn't care less about any of it. I'm not interested. Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua, whether you give Joshua a chance or not, is A a compelling, interesting fight that I might be interested in watching. Because at one point, it looked like they were the two best heavyweights on the planet. So you're like, yeah, "Yeah, sure, that makes sense. If Usyk beats Joshua, then Usyk Fury, yeah, I'll I'll probably watch that. Because, again, you're watching the two greatest people in their divisions, whatever fight. Even if you go, well, Fury's so much taller, he's going to, you know have no problems with Usyk or or he's such a better boxer than Joshua blah 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 whatever it might be whatever you believe it is you're still watching the two best guys compete against each other and I'll watch the two best men or women compete in a sport all day long that that that's fascinating that's what that's what you should be watching watching some weird hybrid fight whether it's MMA gloves or boxing in a cage or whatever it is between Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury gives me Zero interest the only thing I'd like to see is I'd like to see Ngannou make loads of money because I think he seems like a really nice bloke and he's you know had a his, his story's incredible I would like to see him do well financially and not be just only contracted to like the UFC and be able to do other things as well but it's it's a one time thing't is it i mean you you fight tyson fury hopefully make loads and loads of money which and I don't think it'll actually be that as big a deal as what people would want it to be. They'd have to really market the hell out of Francis Ngannou. Um and he's marketable. Obviously, he's you know, incredibly like a statuesque bloke. He's got an incredible story as we've mentioned. Uh, I think he's very marketable, but I think they've got to put a lot of effort into that to get the average boxing viewer to care about this guy from from MMA that they know for a fact won't win. Um mm.
2: You know, he's he. But, but but nobody thought Conor McGregor was going to win. But how many people watched that? People were convinced. People did get convinced about. Conor. I think people will be the same. People will look at that highlight reel of Francis Ngannou and think, "Oh my god, this guy's terrifying!" Like, and once the media gets hold of it and whips up them promos. Like I guarantee you'll be you'll be salivating by the time it comes round, and know. I, know, I know what you're saying. I I, I want to see Francis Ngannou. There's a lot of people I want to see him fight, and Tyson Fury's is not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, there, there's there's some absolute great stuff going on in that that heavyweight division in the UFC, and I'm all over it. Anyway, there's some other interesting boxing fights, and this one is straight up boxing, and, and I just want to touch on it um, briefly. And one of the other things that when we've been going through some of the things that we want to talk about on this episode, one of the things that we've forgotten to mention, we need to talk about Liam Harrison.
1: Yes, I, I did right. think that. I've got
2: it written down. Uh, <laughs> I know we have to talk about Liam. Do you want to quickly talk um, about
1: Liam now and then move on to the other
2: boxing? Or do you okay, want Yep. Yeah. Uh let's let's get the boxing out of the way for those that don't like it. Way.
1: We'll slowly um, progress we- from boxing to Muay Thai. To MMA, which apparently is what this show is about. That's what we'll do. We'll slowly (laughs) transition to the thing you've all actually come here to listen to us talk about. Yeah, sure. That makes perfect sense.
2: Well, we see a 43-year-old Ricky Hatton um, announce he's uh, coming out of retirement to fight uh, Marco Barrera. Um, Barrera, for me, one of the um, all-time legends of of, of boxing. Uh, When I saw Barrera... um, Literally put an end to Prince Nassim Hamid's career. Um, I think Hamid was 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 walking on air up until there, and just seeing what Barrera done to him, just yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, and yeah, I think Barrera maybe forty eight. I might be wrong there. I don't think I am. Um, but yeah, and seeing Ricky Hatton, who's obviously had his troubles like Tyson. He's you know very much um, an advocate of mental health. Uh, talks about well being a lot, and it's obviously. Ballooned up and down in weight, as he did throughout his career as well. Um, but you know, from uh, I follow Ricky on the socials, and he's you know he seems to be dropping a lot of weight at the moment, and he's obviously got his gym, and he's been you know training his son Campbell, and and you know he's never, and, and obviously he's he worked lots with Tyson Fury, uh, and, and was in the Fury camp for a long time, um, and so yeah, I'm I don't know what to make of it, obviously. Ricky Hatton's a huge fan favourite. You know, everybody used to love rock, watching Ricky fight. Obviously, he made his comeback in 2012, I think, and it didn't go his way, and, you know, he hung up his gloves. So, I guess he's got a burning desire to, to go one more time. He said it's an absolute honour, obviously, to fight Barrera um, and to share the ring with someone like that. Eight rounds. Um, yeah, uh, I don't I'll i watch it because uh I'm I've you know, I'm a big fan of both of them people. Obviously you're not gonna see what you want to see, which would have been that fight maybe fifteen, twenty years ago. But yeah, but interestingly how we start to transition now into um MMA is on the undercard. Um we've seen it announced there's gonna be eight rounds, I think it's eight rounds of boxing, um between Dan Hardy um and Diego Sanchez what'd you make of that?
1: Well, that's where you got me. I I was, I had zero interest in, I basically switched off for everything you just spoke about until you mentioned. (laughs) Um, no, I've got no interest in watching like Ricky Hatton, legend, brilliant. I I watched a few of his fights back in the day. Amazing boxer. Well done. I, I've not got any interest in watching him fight anyone really anymore. Uh, You know, as you say, he's, he's, that time is is done i just I'm not interested in it, yeah, Dan Hardy coming out of retirement really, really fascinates me because when you watch Dan Hardy, you know he's someone that 's not let himself go he's always been not just training, you see him on instagram he's always hitting the bag he's always keeping fit he's got his own gym where he's coaching people and taking part in sessions and all that kind of stuff, but also uh he's been wrapped around the sport he's been analyzing the sport like no one else uh consistently for years and years and years and i know that that's mma not boxing but you know i almost wonder if obviously physically he's not going to be the same man that he was maybe 10 years ago or something like that but mentally uh, psychologically as a fighter and, and his skill sets and stuff could very much have of improved because he has been training, he hasn't been taking any damage, and he's been analysing people consistently, learning from them. So I'm really interested to see Dan Hardy. I think Diego Sanchez, the only types of people I would want to ever really see Diego Sanchez fight is someone like Dan Hardy. So the matchmaking is absolutely perfect for me because for a long time I was like... I definitely didn't want to see Diego Sanchez fighting, uh Michelle Pereira, which I know he won, but that was a weird kind of DQ yeah. win. Um, I, 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 Diego Sanchez is someone I was quite happy for him to go off and just kind of do something else. Or again, it's that Legends League thing, you know. Dan Hardy, Nick Diaz, Diego Sanchez, eventually the, the Matt Browns and Cowboy Cerrone's of the world and, and people like that, the Tyron Woodley's, all of that. Those are the guys I want to see fighting each other. Robbie Lawler and people like that. Those are the guys I want to see fighting each other because it's not feeding this veteran with a big name to some young, hungry, 25-year-old guy that's going to storm the division eventually. Um, this is This is what the fight should be. This is what exhibition fights should be. You're going to go, okay, we can do eight rounds of boxing, or I would probably rather it be MMA, but you know, eight rounds of boxing or whatever. You're two legends. One of you has been on losing streak after losing streak for a little while. One of you hasn't fought in absolutely ages. So yeah, brilliant. I, 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 will, I will probably, I would be more inclined to watch that and turn off before the main event than the other way around. I mean,
0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might
2: be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Some of the things that that instantly interest me, um, I've obviously seen that Dan's said that he's he's looking to to finish him for body shot. Um, You know, we've seen, I mean, a long, long time ago now, you know, you see these, that Sanchez... um, versus uh, Melendez, like one of the greatest, you know, scraps ever. And, and and you look at, you know, Dan was always like, had some great knockouts on his, uh, you know, on his record. Obviously, Diego's career's not been too great and obviously there's been all sorts of weird stuff going on outside the octagon as well. Um, but you're right, you know, Dan's never had his foot off the gas in regards to the sport, you know, whether it be, you know, in the gym, or you know, side of side of octagons, uh, you know, or breaking down fights with his analytics, and I do believe, as we've said before, you know, he's one of the best in the game at that. But then you're going to put 16 ounce gloves on these fellas, and uh, these guys have incredible knockout power when they've got their their mitts on. Um, but we're now going to see them over eight rounds, and also, I wonder how the, how the cardio holds up boxing. I'm, I'm saying it's eight rounds. It may be more. The Hatton fight's eight rounds. I don't really know how these hybrid fights work in regards to rounds. But even well, if well, it's, it's not really a rounds, hybrid fight, is it? It's an
1: exhibition. Well, no,
2: fight. no, no. All right, sorry. Yeah, an exhibition fight. Yeah. So say it's eight rounds, and yeah, I just, I just wonder what either of them have got in in the tank, uh, and and how they control that pace because. Eight three-minute rounds is a lot different from three five-minute rounds, and and it's a completely different sport to what they're you know that, that they've competed in. So I think all of these things will be be quite important factors, like controlling the pace and not getting you know, clipping them and just going all out. Like I think could be very important in this. And yeah, I'm 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 really intrigued to see where it goes. And and essentially, I'm just glad to see Dan Hardy fight. Like that's how you know, I feel. Like you know, Diego Sanchez is a he's a good opponent for 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 Dan because you know they're both legends and they're both gonna throw down and we're gonna get to see people that we love fight over eight say eight rounds and yeah I'm I'm, I'm down with it. Um, I, 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 don't get me wrong, I think I would have preferred to have seen um, Dan. You know when he was talking about fighting uh, John Wayne Parr at one. In in, uh, in in sort of I guess Muay Thai, but in um, MMA gloves, I'd, I'd like to have seen that more than I would to see him box Diego Sanchez. Um, but it's Dan Hardy, so I'll take what I can get.
1: Yeah, I, I, well, I'm hoping that this leads to the fight that I really wanted to see, which was Dan Hardy's Hiram Woodley. I mean yeah. that. I mean there was beef between them. Woodley obviously on such a slump. four Was it a four fight losing streak in MMA and then two losses to Jake Paul? And the last one was uh, a, um, a big knockout. Although, has there been any overturning of that result due to Jake Paul popping for something he shouldn't have taken? Or am I making that
2: up? I, I, do you know what? I, I ain't going to comment on that because I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I don't really I pay heard too something. Much I heard
1: that he might have popped for something and they might have overturned that result. But who knows go and, go and research it for yourselves don't be lazy research it for yourselves um, exactly don't expect us to do any research we're, we're idiots sake. we don't know what the fuck we're talking about why are you listening to this show and there's a disclaimer up. on the show notes there's a disclaimer <laughs> we
2: do we do point it out we're not duping you um, um right well look from one former guest of the show dan hardy and tyron woodley um, yeah. both former guests go check out them episodes um One of the more recent um, great chats we've had uh, was with um, Muay Thai legend, Liam Harrison. Oh, mate. I mean, one of the greatest rounds I've seen in a long while. I don't know about you. If you haven't seen this fight, go and watch it. It's four and a bit minutes of chaotic fury
1: and violence at its best. It is so good. It's absolutely incredible. Um, one championship did like a, a Muay Thai fight in the in the cage with uh, MMA gloves, Liam Harrison, I'm, I'm sorry the, the name of his opponents escaped me, and I know that's disrespectful. Yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, so it, it was one of those things. I didn't realize this until in the mid-fight when the commentators mentioned it. If you get knocked down three times in it, I think that's the same yeah. thing in boxing, isn't it? That's it. The the fight's over. You're done. No,
2: no, it, it, some, in some organizations in boxing, right. not all. Like, so, yeah.
1: so three knockdowns and you are done. That's the end of the fight. Liam is caught with a big head kick that I think he sort of partially blocks maybe, but it really, it really thundered him and he went down. Mm. Then he's caught almost immediately, I think with a straight right that sends him down. That that was a big punch. Oh, Oh my God. So good. I don't know what Liam Harrison is made of, but it's absolutely... I'll have incredible. a point
2: of it. Yeah,
1: he came <laughs> back after that and then just knocked his opponent down three times quite quickly. But but I mean, the guy was obviously looking for the finish against Liam after knocking him down twice. He smelt blood. That was it. And maybe that was his downfall because it, it played into Liam's hands of just like, he must have been rocked clearly, but he was then just swinging and he got hold of him three times won the fight it was utterly incredible go on the uh, is it, i don't know if it's on our instagram or if you just go to the one championship instagram or whatever yeah. it is you've got to find it it is unbelievable congratulations to liam harrison i think he won 100k and is fighting for the belt next so congratulations yeah. to him
2: absolutely go check out that uh, episode where we, we talked to liam because you get a real insight as to the sacrifices he's made for, for Muay Thai. And it's, it's brilliant. He's, he's got so much charisma and outside the, 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 the ring. And oh my God, he's a dog inside it because that first head kick was unreal. And he got straight up. And I think Sanchai's fucking right hand, he, he, he almost faked a little left and then just went straight through with that right. And I was like, it's gotta be done. He just, got straight back up and it was like oh my god you can understand why he probably thought right i've got to finish him now one more knockdown and I'm, i'm done and like oh my god like no you talk about bite down on the gum shield and like that is why that's why people love liam harrison what an absolute beast and yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant um yeah big uh big props to liam harrison where are we going next? What else has been happening? There's so right. much. Well, so there's there's loads to talk about. I mean, I think Bellator's a
1: big subject. Before we get on to Bellator, I think we should briefly talk about bala Mohamed. Now, bala Mohamed beat Vincente Luque. Uh, not Saturday, just gone the one previous uh in, in the UFC, which a lot of these UFC fight night cards haven't been amazing. I think next week's as well is not amazing. It's got a good headliner in... Um, uh, uh, Marlon Vera versus Rob, Rob Font. Font, but um, but yeah, uh, you know they, they've not been the most stacked cards. However, the fight card just gone the 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 Lemos Andrade card. Some great finishes on there, and we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later. But the Bellah Mohammed won previously five rounds of dominance really from from Mohamed Mohammed against Vincente Luque. All right, it's he's not the most exciting fighter in the world.
2: Sorry, Matt, I just woke up there. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but he's winning and he's doing it convincingly.
2: Yeah. Where boringly. does he go?
1: Where does he go from here? Because he called out Colby on the mic, but leading up to the fight, and then in some post fight press conference, he was calling out Chamayev and I'm like Just stick to one guy, really. And I feel like I uh, I don't know, is it Is he gonna get a Colby fight? I don't think nah. so. I don't think that was the best call out for him because like Colby is calling out Dustin Poirier say what you want about the fact that he's calling out a guy in the lower weight class and the disgusting way that he's been doing it talking about his kid and all that kind of stuff is, is gross but the reason he's doing that is because he wants money fights he knows that Usman's beat him twice so he can't go for the belt Um, I think he's a smaller welterweight. As much as I'd like to see him go up at middleweight, because he's already criticized Adesanya and his lack of wrestling and how he would dominate Adesanya. I'm like, go up and prove it and go and fight like a Robert Whittaker and get your title shot or something like that. But um, he's calling out guys in the weight class below because he wants big money fights. Mm. Bilal Muhammad just doesn't represent that at all. As much as, you know, we can like Bilal, I think he's, you know, he seems like a really nice guy. I think he's very, very talented, but he's not a money fight. He's not got the personality or the the, the fight style to bring in loads of revenue and pay per view buyers or anything like that. I can see Colby fighting Masvidal again right up before mm. he fights Bilal Muhammad.
2: Um, see, so yeah, Colby's you- not going to want to fight Bilal Mohammed. There's there ain't going to be a load of money in it. The fans ain't really going to be that excited by it. And and I've, I do feel sorry for Bilal because his record speaks for itself. You know, it's it's impressive and. You know, he's, he's legit, but as you say, his style doesn't excite people. And, and I think, especially in that division, there's a lot of exciting fighters in that division. Yeah. And, and I think he just kind of, I think he'll just become the forgotten guy in that, in that division. I think he's gonna, he'll get sidelined for, for fighters that are probably ranked below him that have got more salability. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think he'll just—he's he, going to have to really work to get the big fights because I don't think his ranking will will carry enough clout, which is a shame because it should.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's currently fifth. He's leapfrogged, obviously, Vincente Luque after beating him. Ahead of him, Leon Edwards looks like he's fighting Kamara Usman. So that's not been officially announced, but that looks like it's what's happening. Colby, as we've already discussed, I don't think is going to fight Bilal Mohammed because there's not a huge amount in it for Colby. They're talking about trying to make Colby fight Chimaev. There's more in that fight for Colby than with Bilal because if you beat Chimaev, you, you, you take all that hype, all that, you know, everyone being on the Chimaev train, all that stuff. You then say you're the guy that stopped this apparently unstoppable force and that maybe puts you back in contention to potentially fight Usman for a third time. Other than that, Gilbert Burns is directly ahead of uh, Mohammed Mohamed. Burns obviously coming off of, uh, off of the loss to Jemayev, But, um, yeah, I... I mean, he could fight. He probably will have to fight like a Gilbert Burns. I mean, there's a little bit of storyline there because Luke and Burns are so close. Bilal could then beat Burns. That makes a storyline. Blah blah blah. But I don't think it's necessarily going to propel him into. Oh my God! You beat Burns. That's it. Title shot next. I think his best opportunity is fighting Shamiyev. If, if Colby, yeah, if I the Colby Shamiyev fight doesn't happen, and it looks like Chemaev probably should get one or two more fights in before going up against Usman, given the performance against Burns. Um, so I, I think he really should have stuck with calling out Chemayev and do a really big promo on being the one to stop Chemaev, which he didn't do, unfortunately, but you never know that might happen. If Colby Chemaev doesn't work out, I think Balal Chemaev makes a lot of sense. So I'd like to yeah. see that fight happen. Um, other than that is there anything else you want to uh talk about with like UFC or anything like that or do you want to move on to like Bellator?
2: Um I, I, I yeah I, I um I mean we obviously I, oh, God, I forgot his name. Who beat um Clay Guida at the weekend? Oh, uh, Puelas? Pu- yeah, we, we let let's just um let's just give him yeah. his props because that oh my was God. Unreal. Like what a what a stoppage that was! Like to do that to Clay Guida, was very, very early on as well. Like, um, and he's is that is, is he on his three fight streak now? It might it was, even uh, might even be more. You know, let's just I'll, I'll check it out. But
1: but I mean, the, just the transition. Yeah. From uh, no Clay, it, it felt like Guida was was getting out of it. Was it, did he have him in like a triangle and an arm bar and he had his arm sort of locked in like a triangle. His legs were locked around his arm, like, like a triangle. And then when he finally got out of that, you thought, Oh, Guida's going to now start laying, laying some hammers down. He's on a five fight UFC win streak. He did lose his UFC debut to Martin Bravo. But I mean, again, UFC debuts are tricky. Like there's a lot of pressure and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean a huge amount. Um, He's on a five-fight UFC win streak at the moment, and uh, yeah,
2: I I I I think he's looking really really good. Absolutely, um, I think that's it with UFC. I don't think there's anything else that like really really sort of excited me at the weekend. Obviously, we, we um, there there was a Brit fighting, um, and there was obviously the 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 the. the uh, uh, the, the stoppage for Dean, the uh, the, the Irish guy uh, that fought early on, um, which, mm, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, as you say, the rest of the card didn't really overly excite me, and I don't think, you know, next week's card's that exciting either, but there was some exciting Bellator. There was some well, there's been quite Bellator. a lot of Bellator, hasn't there? We've got about three events that we need to sort of catch up on, I think. Yeah,
1: and one thing that's maybe not, spoken about enough, is um, the the fact that all, all three, two Bellator cards and one UFC card, all headlined by by women. I was hearing, uh, to, no one mentioned it at all, and then I was listening to, to Sean Sheen the other day, and he made an absolutely brilliant point that, you know, MMA as a sport, and I think I've said this a few times on this show, it is... Doing so much better than a lot of other sports in terms of gender equality. The fact that three female fights were headlining over a weekend of cards and no one really batted an eyelid, that's the way that things should be. And I think well done to them. Um, What should we start? I mean, so there was the end of the light heavyweight Grand Prix in Bellator, which, I mean... What a shame for Corey Anderson, Anderson versus Nemkov, and it stopped with about six seconds to go at the end of the third round due to a clash of heads, which did open up quite a nasty cut on Nemkov. Um, but yeah, what did you think of that, and and how that fight was
2: playing out? I thought it was a good fight. Um, was 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 really enjoying it. I, I could see when it you know it got stopped. I think Anderson thought he'd got the the win, uh, and then obviously he gets the nudge that. No, um, it's not necessarily going to be the case. Obviously, he kind of launched his bottle of water. He looked very, very unhappy. Um, and as is the case uh, that it, where it was the third round, um, that it goes to... It becomes a no contest. Had it have gone to the fourth, it would have gone to the scorecards. Uh, and, and, and so... That's so unlucky, isn't it? Because that's like a, yeah, man. a
1: Grand Prix champion, light heavyweight champion, and I think he would have got a million dollars as well uh, for yeah. winning the tournament. And he's six seconds away from it going to the judges' score, and he was clearly winning. Right? He, 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 yeah, first round I think might have been up for debate from what I remember. I can't. Yeah. Remember. And then the next two rounds he pretty much dominated. So that is such, six seconds. Away. And they've got to book a
2: rematch now, right? Uh, yeah, I think they are. I think it, that, uh, I read today that. Is it in July? Like later on in the year, obviously they're gonna have to run it back. Um, and yeah, yeah, you you got a feel for for Corian's, and that's that's a lot of money. And yeah, man, you know, and and that, that's you know life changing money. And as as he's often spoke about, he he never really made much money in the UFC, and he's moving over to Bellator, and he's, you know, he's he's legit. And he's he's making a lovely income. Um so yeah, that was that was a disappointing end to you know what was looking to be a, a really exciting fight. Um that was also on the same card as um Pitbull and um AJ McKee, right? It was, yeah. And I mean, everyone's going into that
1: fight. And I think I was maybe even suckered into this as well, of people being like AJ McKee is up there as like the, one of the top featherweights in the world. You've got Volkanovski, Max Holloway and AJ McKee in this league above the likes of Rodriguez and Ortega and Arnold Allen and Cater and all of those guys. And it didn't really look like it on that night. I mean, you look at the first fight between Pitbull and McKee. McKee was outstanding. He basically seemed to knock Pitbull out with a head kick and choke him out all in one round. Um, and then this round, it just just didn't get going. I mean, it was still a competitive, good fight. And, you know, no disrespect to, to Pitbull. Pitbull's a really good fighter. He's arguably the best Bellator fighter there's there's been of, of late. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, I think... AJ McKee came out with things quite publicly, talking about going to the UFC and talking about how he wasn't overly impressed with Volkanovski's victory over Korean Zombie. How can you not be impressed with Volkanovski yeah, over Zombie? Talk, is it? It? Yeah, but I mean, he coming out with stuff like that, and then you put on that performance, people are going to start, you know, thinking you're full of shit, mate. So, mm. yeah, I mean, look. AJ McKee, I think, is still pretty young. Was it like 27, 26? Something like that. So he's got a lot of improving to do. He'll get better and better. I have no doubt that he could come to the UFC and do very, very well. But... I think people are massively pumping the brakes on what they were talking about previously like there's other podcasts out there that were talking about you know AJ McKee could be the the best featherweight in the world he might beat Volkanovski he might beat Holloway I don't think after that performance those people are going to be
2: saying that very often again Yeah absolutely absolutely Um what else have we got left to talk about um, in Bellator? Obviously, we've had Cyborg at the weekend.
1: Cyborg with a fantastic performance against uh, Blenko. I mean, Blenko made it a really fun Absolutely. fight, interesting fight, like absolute warrior spirit on show. But it's one of those interesting ones. When you get such a dominant champion like Cyborg, like Valentina Shevchenko and people like that, whenever someone does just okay against them, you're like, oh my God, someone's yeah. going to do like, What's happening with Cyborg? What's happening? Like, I remember when Jennifer Meyer won like one round against Valentina Shevchenko. People were like, Shevchenko was off tonight. She was so off. It's like, mate, it's, it's, it's human. These people are human beings. Yeah. And Cyborg won pretty much every round, I think, from what I remember. Uh, And even with a point taken away in the first round, she got a knockdown in that fight. So, I mean, in that round, uh, some people could have called it a 10-8. I don't think I did. I think it was 9-9 for me after that first round. But she won convincingly, even having had a point taken away. So let's just give Cyborg her due. She is one of the best female fighters of all time. To me, it just highlights... What a shame it is that we never got Nunez Cyborg 2. I think that will that yeah. will haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'll be on my deathbed saying, Why did we not get Cyborg Nunez 2? <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> did you like my death yeah. noise? <laughs> the face that went with it. Um, but yeah, so it, it just highlights that for me. What do, you, what do you think with regards to Cyborg? I mean, I don't know what really comes next for her. I think her contract's up very soon, and there's
2: talk. Retire. If you made the money, if you're making great money at Bellator, like just retire, you know, absolute legend. Like there's probably not going to be anything coming through that's going to stop her in Bellator for a while. Um, The Kayla Harrison fight is the interesting one.
1: But Kayla Harrison's re-signed with
2: PFL. Exactly. So that's not going to happen. You know, I don't think... We're gonna see Cyborg back in the UFC and I don't think we're gonna see Nunez or Shevchenko or any of them over in Bellator. Uh so yeah, I don't know. It, you know, it, it I think that really is it. And just to kind of I'm trying to think what else we had to talk about on this, this, this episode. Well the I big know... the other big controversial moment in Bellator was the Liz carmouche
1: uh Ooh, Velazquez yeah. fight. Uh because that if you haven't seen it yet it's uh it's an okay fight it's alright velasquez seems to be i think winning relatively comfortably and was it in the fourth round mm-hmm. the stoppage the, the one time that Liz Carmouche seems to get any real decent momentum, she takes her down, she gets her in a crucifix position. There's about 15 seconds left to go in the round, and she's kind of peppering her with these kind of like short little elbows within the crucifix position, position and Beltran just stops the fight. I don't know if he thought that maybe she was knocked out, or, or, or oh, she just took too much punishment, but the, the elbows weren't big, and this is a title no. fight, and... You know, I know she, she had her in an uncomfortable position, and I kind of think in those title fights, you've got to let it go that little bit longer. I mean, it, it didn't look like she was taking a huge amount of damage, and as soon as the fight was stopped, Juliana Velazquez is up, happy. and she was not happy. She definitely wasn't knocked out or anything like that. This no. wasn't one of those One of those complaints you see fighters give where they were clearly out of it, and they're on wobbly legs saying, what, yeah. what are you talking about, ref? This was someone very, very conscious of her surroundings and what was going on, Um and it didn't look like Beltran did the right thing with that stoppage. It should have gone longer. I mean, look, could could that cru- could she have kept that crucifix going for longer for the fifteen seconds that were left in the round and start hitting her with heavier strikes? Sure. And if she had done, then you stopped the fight. But yeah. at that point, I, I I think that was an early stoppage. What were your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Like the minute that the that the ref jumped in, I y I you know, I think we all knew that she weren't going to be laying there like she was up and just looked absolutely stunned because I didn't think she was in that much trouble she certainly certainly wasn't at and yeah as you say we, when it when there's titles on the line fighter safety obviously but there weren't enough there for me certainly for it being a title fight as well to to, to stop that there it, it felt i I felt that yeah, I thought Kamush was a little bit lucky there. And yeah. uh but yeah, you know, she's got the strap. Congratulations. Um, whether or not that just whips up a rematch. I
1: think yeah. it will. I think it will whip up a rematch. I think will be enough. I think sometimes promotions actually do well off the back of that. I think a lot of people are like, Oh, that's yeah. not a great way to have a champion. but actually it creates more interest sometimes. These yeah. controversies can create interest. So I think promotions actually like it more than they say they do when stuff like this happens and they can just make a very easy immediate rematch. Um one, uh, one thing we didn't mention <laughs> was another boxer coming out of retirement. Was, uh, well, this
2: is the thing. You, you, <laughs> you know right, what you mentioned earlier <laughs> I, I, you know, I think this is be, we're going to have to um, wrap on this because we're going to do the other episode for you as well uh, and if you've heard any rustling throughout this podcast um, it's me messing around with my power cord because it seems to have broken and so my battery is literally dying on the laptop so uh, that's if, they, if you heard that rustling that's what it was so I do apologise for that I'm going to go and switch me, me, me adapters for the next episode um, but when we were talking about fighters earlier, where you were saying that, you know, people are like, can't believe it when someone even gets a shot on them. That was the sort of hype that surrounded Iron Mike Tyson throughout the 80s. That is a reason that people should learn a lesson that sometimes don't poke the bear. And it appears that that happened at the weekend, right? I
1: mean, yeah, I mean it's one of those ones because i've listened to a few people talk about this and the and seen on twitter and on the social and we all know what twitter is like and the general consensus is don't poke the bear and this guy got what he deserved and there is part of me that massively agrees with that if you can it doesn't matter whether it's mike tyson or anyone just don't be a drunk obnoxious dickhead and start abusing or just being as i said an obnoxious dickhead around people just don't do it um but having said that you are the former heavyweight champion of the world you are mike tyson was there a way around just smashing him in the face multiple times like could you have talked to a stewardess or or an air steward or something i just like mate can you just tell the can you just move him or move me, mm. or because or this yeah. guy's a moron, or something like that. Like, I, I've had drunk idiots come up to me and be like, Oh, Neil, we're in between. Us. Am I allowed to just smash him around the face if they do, if they mm. do that? Like, it's, 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 do you know what I mean? I think that a lot of people in the combat sports world, they, you know, they have this thing like, Well, yeah, he got what he deserved, and all this stuff. And I'm like, Well, yeah, to a point, I do agree with you. I'm not, but also, I'm like, But, but when you're what? taking a, a verbal altercation into a physical then you are leveling shit up and you know you yeah. have to be very very careful because in the eyes of the I, law as well I'd imagine if someone's verbally saying stuff to you but you decide to deal with that by punching them repeatedly in it's the assault. face yeah mm. so it's I, it's a tricky one
2: i think somebody should have addressed the guy filming and gone dude stop filming this like get your mate and take him away. Like you've had your fun. Cause so from what I've heard, Tyson's had a photo with him before, like, uh, before like what the footage we see apparently he'd been very, um, like he'd been really? nice and he'd had a photo with him and stuff like that. And then, yeah, I mean, there is an element of me that thinks I wouldn't wind him up like that, but I'd quite like to just take a little dig off of him just so you can dine out for the rest of your life that, that you've that what? you've you got cracked by Mike Tyson. I mean, that's you know, that's, that's what, I mean, I don't want to get hurt, but I'm, I'm sure it would come with a lot of pain. But it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It's like, yeah, remember like Tyson in the '80s? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he stuck one on me. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it in the context of it going viral, me getting my head stoved in on an aeroplane. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't,
1: you can't. What, what you've just said is for, for hopefully a lot of people to hear. <laughs> I wouldn't mind taking a shot off Mike Tyson. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't want him to knock me out. I don't want him to be out like really hard. Like, um, but yeah, like I'll, I'll just take, take... I don't know, just give us a little body shot. Like, and, you know, knock the wind out of me, but... Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, that's that's the ultimate cameo, isn't it? If you've got your cameo video of, like, getting stuck one on by Mike Tyson, that's great. It's a lot better than a selfie.
1: Would you um, reckon this guy will get some celebrity off of this then? Would you reckon people will be asking for, like, cameo videos? Can you do that sad face you did when Mike Tyson <laughs> smashed your head in and just say, happy birthday, George? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Make no mistake. You can't be, like, smashing people in the head. But, you know... Obviously, the job that I do, I I have to deal with drunken people every weekend. And there is a point where you do think, oh, God, Like if this person got a slap round of chops now, I wouldn't feel that bad. Like, Oh, I but, don't
1: feel bad for him. I, feel, yeah, I don't feel but bad for him. I'm just, But I'm just like, what, I, it opens, it sets a dodgy precedent, doesn't it? If you're like one of the hardest punchers of like all time has just smashed this guy in the face a few times. I, but I mean, I did see there was something online about like, oh, He chucked a water bottle at him. But I've not seen any video evidence of that. I don't know if that's yeah. just PR going, we need to make this seem worse than what it was. Or maybe it's true. I don't know. But again, it's one of those things of like, we've seen the video which may have been taken by this guy's friend or it may have been taken by a random person. Like, are they friends, the guy doing the video and this guy? Or is it just some random guy that's It across like
2: that to me. It came across like-, like it, but,
1: we don't, but I, don't, I don't know. Maybe other people have seen more about this stuff. I don't know mm. that they're actually mates or if some random guy has just gone, oh my God, there's a dickhead over there. Just giving it to Mike Tyson. I'm going to film this, which could definitely have been something that happened. Um, but what, wouldn't you like just go,
2: Here, "Mate, leave it out, leave him alone."
1: I think in like, this day and age, people are just voyeurs. As soon as that, as soon as you see something that might be Instagram oh, or whatever worthy, I think people just take a dude. step back. I mean, just look at the, some of the awful things we've seen with like kids bullying other kids and all that kind of stuff. And there's the the there's the bystanders, they're not getting involved to do anything bad but they're also not doing the right thing by saying stop doing this they're just getting oh, they're, their self-serving. they're self-serving they're yeah. self-serving and they're videoing it and they're going to send it to their mates or put it online or whatever it is and that is the culture that's kind of going around nowadays mm. this kind of voyeuristic culture um mm. so yeah but no but ultimately don't be a dickhead particularly if it's someone like Mike Tyson don't be a dickhead yeah. but also Don't look at that and think, oh, if anyone's a dickhead to me, I'll be able to just punch him in the face. Because if that person wants to press charges or whatever, like if that guy on the plane wants to press charges, I'm sure he Mm. can. Um, It's just down to what eyewitness accounts there are and how much people think that he deserved it. Because again, by the letter of the law... If you escalate something from a physical alter- uh, from a verbal altercation to a physical altercation, you're probably going to be seen as the one that's in the wrong. I, I wouldn't be surprised 100%. if there's some kind of like, there's probably some lawyers hunting for this young man right now. Going, are you the guy that got punched by Mike Tyson? I can get you loads of money. Let's sue him. Blah blah yeah. blah, blah. Oh god, um, yeah. There's probably like lo- so again. Just just be be careful because. Yeah. Shit like that could come around.
2: Um, Wise words, Harrison. What a lovely place to rap. Yeah. yeah. Be nice, guys. Be, be nice, guys. Be safe. Be verbally <laughs> and physically nice to people. Um, especially I and Mike Tyson. Especially
1: Mike Tyson. I did like that clip that Dana White put up, though, of Dana White. <laughs> Mike Tyson be like, I like this chair. And Dana White's like, oh, but I like it. No, I like the chair more and, <laughs> and sitting down. That was <laughs> yeah. a good clip.
2: Oh, brilliant. I did see a really good meme that just cut to. Uh, um, Bradley, what's his name, and uh, from from The Hangover, just going, yeah, yeah, Tyson still got it, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> oh brilliant alright well look um, I think we've covered everything that we wanted to cover am I, I all right we have covered it so yeah so do look at we're going
1: to do a, a proper straw weight rundown next uh, that'll be coming your way very very soon we'll talk a little bit about Andrade Lemos and that amazing the first ever standing arm triangle finish in the UFC uh, and and where that puts Andrade and all the other big fights that are going on in the straw weight division so uh, yeah check that one out next Right. Bye. Bye.